we're here with Crime and Time. Crime and Time in these green martini glasses. But we're up again. I love these glasses. I got them when a store was going out of business. It's a national chain and it's going out of business. A major national chain. Major national chain. So I got new dishes and these glasses. I need to go back and see if there's any more glassware that we want. Yeah, these are cool. So they've, it's fitting because the name of the cocktail is Dragon's Heart. So it's like this green long stem martini glass with this kind of, I don't know what color this, sort of a orange watermelon mauve. Yeah. But it has no watermelon in it. No watermelon. So Dragon's Heart cocktail is three lime wedges, three quarter ounce elderflower liqueur, five dashes of Angostura bitters, one and a half ounces of rum, three quarters ounce mezcal, a half ounce of ginger liqueur, one and a half ounces of blood orange juice, and then, um, you know, shake, shake it all together, pour it out. I heard multiple liquors. How many liquors are in this one, cocktail? One, two, three, four. Four, four liquors. liquors. Okay. And I didn't have ginger liqueur, so I infused some vodka overnight with ginger. Ah. I like ginger. I'm not super excited about the mezcal. Speaking of ginger, what what do you have in your hand that's so, ginger? This is our newest member of our menagerie. If you check out our social media, as you may have seen my podcast writing partner a few weeks ago, um, that his name is Simba. This little kitty, talk about being a dragon heart. So we live near a park and we constantly have, I'm hoping he'll meow for us. We constantly have um, people dropping off cats in the park, and it's so, so sad. And then they just continue to... To have more babies and have more babies. So one day I was picking up child number one from her BFF's house, who is here, by the way. You may hear her running around. um, From her BFF's house in another town. And I'm sitting there talking to the mom, and the dad comes in and says, "Um, can I have the keys to your truck because your hood is meowing? I thought he was talking to her. I'm like, mm-mm. And he's like, no, your hood is meowing. And so he, we popped the hood, and there was two baby kittens there about a week, maybe a week and a half old, sitting on the battery of my truck. So we took him out, and this particular little guy, his little eyes just wouldn't open. He was having really labored breath. And um, put him in a box, and we brought him home. And we thought this guy was a done for because he was still having really labored breath. He just like didn't even move the whole way home. Set both of them out for mommy to come get him. And mommy only came and got his brother. Aww. So this little guy got left there. And my child number two, my big heart one here, hearted one here, came and picked him up. And we've been nursing him. He gets fed with a little bottle. And he's still here two weeks later. So hopefully he will continue to thrive and get bigger. He's grown so much. He looks pretty healthy all in all. He does. We named him Simba because he looks like a little lion. Looks like a baby Simba. I don't know if we will keep him. I am allergic to cats. He's a baby now, so he doesn't bother me. I don't know if, you know, like my dogs are fine because I've had them since they were babies. So you I don't do know if get used old. to your own cat because I am allergic to cats also. Uh-huh. And I've had cats and had no issues. But when I'm around other cats, other cats? yeah. Well, well, I, I, so. I mean, people can get used to their cats. I'm not saying that's always the case. Right. But hopefully, because I already love him. He's adorable. And he's not going to meow for you guys, so sorry. But I'm going to hand him to his mommy, which is child number two. And off he goes. Go meow. Aw. Do it again. <laughs> Squeak. I'm trying to make him meow. Don't make him meow. Yeah. He's happy and Boop. content. He discovered... It's so funny how... 
similar they are to babies. Like in raising my babies, um, there's so many similarities in, in raising this little infant. Because most of the time when you get a pet, it's, you know, eight weeks old or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so this morning he discovered his feet and his tail. Aww. And it was the same as when your baby discovers their feet. Because he was just like, what is that? And he's batting at his little foot. Well, when they up. get to the playful stage, there's nothing cuter, but there's also nothing worse. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was already trying to write this morning and he's walking on my keyboard. And I'm like, no. So he had to have some box time today. All right, bye. Bye, Simba. I want him to bat at the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, he bats at the air. I always think, you know, after the paranormal things, is he grabbing at something that I don't see? No, he's just yeah. being a kitty. He's just being a baby. We got to try our drink. Yes, because it's getting warm. Okay, down the hatch. I'm not excited. You say that every time, but yeah. I'm really not actually Right, either. You. oh, I can smell it. Nope, don't like it. Eh. If I throw some dirty ice in there, maybe I can tolerate it. It's very mescali, which as most people know by now, if they've listened to the podcast, not a fan. I like mescal. I just, it's, this is just too, too much, um, too much of weird stuff. <laughs> well, dragons are weird. Dragons are weird. So who's going first? I'll go first since okay. I have my iPad on. So speaking of weird, um, I am going to talk about one of the many Dungeons and Dragons attributed murders. There's murders attributed to a board game? Yes. Wait, multiple? Yeah, multiple. Attributed to a board game. That's insane. Well, Dungeons and Dragons is much more than a board game. Oh, okay. So, I think I'm going to start, though, with my... um, well, I grew up in the 80s with the Satanic Panic, so yeah. I always heard that you would be possessed if you played Dungeons Exactly right. So that's what I'm going to start with. Um, so the Satanic Panic in the 80s um, was, you know, it's been well documented. You know, people thought that heavy metal music was Satanic. Dungeons oh, yes. and Dragons was Satanic. Wearing, you know, all black was Satanic. And I remember being in, like, youth group, and they would play all those recordings of popular music being played backwards yes and it would say horrible things like or you just suggested to us that we'll hear that when my brother was a early teenager and i was a little bit older i'm three years older than him so it was probably like 13 16 something like that he had borrowed um a cd of mine it was an ozzy osbourne cd and my mom or dad i don't remember was like um can i talk to you to me and i was like yeah we found this in his room is that like and i'm like oh that's mine (laughs) (laughs) that's funny how did you have cds i didn't get my first cd till 1993. i got my first disc man in like 1988. wow like right when they came out oh yes no we were very late adopters with the cds so hopefully hopefully my volume's up because this isn't very loud oh we're hearing a video yeah this is a discussion i think it's a um some sort of uh pastor or minister or whatever talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. I do not think that many parents are aware of what's inside the game. In fact, in my presentation, I show many pictures from the inside of the books just to show the images of this game. I mean, the gruesomeness this is obviously of this game and the occult link to it. 
But I know that when uh, I did my message, and this has happened, I have letter after letter where people took bad. the pieces. Now, there's sixes involved in the pieces of the game, but they yes. take the pieces of the game, they would throw them in the incinerator or the fireplace, and screams would come out because there seemed to be some kind of spiritual forces inhabiting those pieces, and children would drop out of life. They didn't want to study anymore. Uh, what, what are the pieces? for instance well this game affects the most intelligent of our children <laughs> and the pieces include white witches wizards necromancers the, the clerics that type of thing it includes evil wizards it's a white versus black witchcraft the good like versus chess? evil is white versus but... black witchcraft and anton LeVay, the writer of the satanist bible says there is no such thing as white witchcraft well being a satan worshiper he should know yeah he should so it kind of stops abruptly, and I couldn't find more than that, but it's hilarious. Okay, so little plastic pieces that are mass-produced in a toys workshop will all scream. I mean, it's the whole same thing with, like, the Ouija board. Yeah. So Well, Ouija boards scare me. I had a story with a Ouija board. Well, the thing that scares me about the Ouija board isn't the pieces or the... I mean, it's made by, like, Hasbro or whatever. Right. It's not the physical items it's what you do with it yes i was at a high school party and played with a ouija board with some friends and i had a crush on a very rather obscure member of our high school we were a tiny little high school but this kid was not in the popular group and he hadn't even been in school for a year because he'd been on a foreign exchange program and i asked the ouija board what his birthday was and it told me and i like put my hands up and i'm like nope nope i'm done weird yeah um, so, anyway, this starts in 1992. Both of the articles that I used for this um, came from the Seattle Times, mm -hmm. and they, they're, like, straight out of 1992 and 1993. Wow. So there's still all this fresh, like, supposition that this game, like, probably caused people to do a thing. So, yeah, because that was very hot in the Yeah, it, there's no analysis, like, now we would say, you know, well, it's probably, like, this could have been a factor, or that could have been right. a factor. It's not the board game. Right. Um. I just have to stop for a second and go back to the cocktail. We were t discussing before we came open the microphone um, about mezcal having a smoky flavor. I get it. I can taste it in this. Yeah. Most of the time I just taste tequila, like extra tequila, but I can taste the smoke in this. I'm I, not, it, I definitely can. I'm not horribly opposed to it. It's not something I drink all the time. I don't know if I'll drink the whole thing, but I'm going to sip on it. I don't love it, but I'll drink it. <laughs> Much like you, usual. Even if I don't like it, I still drink you it. You can get something else. We have plenty of things. See, the worst one, the one that I absolutely almost... I don't think I did finish it was... Well, we'd never finished The Millionaire. That one was gross. That was disgusting. Yeah, that was just gross. Um, and then the Irish C-U-N-T. That was also disgusting. Yeah. For completely different reasons. The Millionaire had like... It congealed and separated. And the Irish C-U-N-T, or See You Next Tuesday was um, just gross. It was gross. This this is not on those levels at all. No. <laughs> okay, so 18-year-old Misty Largo lived in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, she had talked about running away. She had a troubled life. She had problems with the police, problems at school. And some people said that she worshipped Satan. Oh. So she made it as far as Oregon. And on August 11th, 1992, Portland, Portland police found her body stuffed into a storm culvert. Her death turned out to be the third in a strange case that that police believe may have involved 
a group of homeless young people who were into drugs, they were into Satanism, and they were into the fantasy game Dungeons and Dragons. I honestly think that the satanic panic that the parents and the ministers and everybody did was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy and made these kids look into that and pretend and get into that Yeah. because of it. Because they wanted to be anti. Oh, fully. Yeah. I was just going to hell in 1988 because I was a cheerleader and wore short skirts. Well, that's even worse. I know! I'm surprised your town didn't outlaw dancing. Right? <laughs> I did not see that movie until with you at this movie oh, party that no one came to. I love that movie. <laughs> I saw the remake before the original. Weird. Yep. Um, so police, police believe that Misty might not have been an innocent victim and that she may have been involved in one of the other killings out of the three that they had recently discovered. Wow. So Port, one of the sergeants from the Port, Portland Police Department, Sergeant Foxworth, said, it's impossible that Dungeons and Dragons had something to do with it. Or, sorry, it's possible that Dungeons and Dragons had something to do with it. It's possible that there's drug involvement. We believe that these people knew each other, that there may have been some kind of leader, someone who was charismatic. And heavy, heavy metal music was also attributed. So, like I said, this is, this is a vintage news story. For sure. Yeah. Because now we can look back on that and we can say, okay, this person this individual had evil thoughts and evil intent and they use these tools to convince other people to go along and with it. this 18 year old girl was vulnerable she yes. obviously had troubles at home she left home ended up in oregon met like obviously other people because we're going to talk about that that's the perfect candidate that's the ideal mm -hmm. candidate for a person like that to pull in exactly um so police said that there were unconfirmed reports that members of the group all had some involvement in Satan worship. A student that went to Misty Largo's high school and lived near her said that Misty used to be into heavy metal and Satanism. And this is a quote from the, fr not, they're not friends, the neighbor slash high school uh -huh. classmate. She wore real heavy black eyeliner and all dark clothes. She seemed lonely and scary. The way she dressed, the way she looked, even the way she acted made her an outcast. Ooh. Well, if you wore all black in the 80s when there was the vibrant rainbow and just abundance of color, you had to be weird. Yeah. She, I mean, she was definitely <laughs> she was weird. Sarcasm there, she was in case that didn't come across. The but one thing is true. She was an outcast. Yes. And but so, there was a lot of those. Yeah. We've talked about the park rats before. Mm -hmm. So she was found dead in August, but the first killing occurred on May 1st when the body of a paraplegic man, Harold Charbonneau, was found in his home in a Portland neighborhood. So initially there were no suspects to his death, and then once the next two bodies, one of those being Misty, turned up, they were able to link all three together and identify suspects. Was he connected to the kids in any way? Or yes. was he just, oh, okay, we're going to find out? Um, so... The first, so they, the one that I haven't talked about already is, um, it was a teenage boy that they found buried in a shallow grave. They hadn't identified him. Mm -hmm. And then they found Misty's and between those two, they were able to connect it back to Harold Charbonneau's death. Okay. So Misty and the unidentified teenage boy were potentially involved in the killing of Harold Charbonneau before they were themselves killed. Charbonneau's son, 20-year-old Grant Charbonneau, was arrested and charged with killing Misty. And Grant Charbonneau also probably had a role in the killing of his father and of the teenage boy. Wow. Where do I know the name Charbonneau from? 
I, historically. I feel like it's, did you watch True Blood? Because wasn't there a Charbonneau on True Blood? No. I feel like it's something historical and it sh- I should know it. Yeah, I don't know. I kept thinking Email that me. Too. Crime and Time on the Rocks. Oh, crime and time otr at gmail.com yeah get tell it right. me what i'm missing <laughs> so, besides our email address um so the police also said that there was evidence that the fantasy role-playing from dungeons and dragons was a factor in these killings of course it was because when every teenage boy kills their father it has to do with dungeons and dragons yeah or that they want to party and do drugs and dad wants them to get a job uh-huh Grant Charbonneau's grandmother said that Grant was part of a group that involved that was involved in mystic and medieval role playing games. There's this is her quote. There's a sort of thing that started quite some time back. She said, "I guess it was a game at first. <laughs> I have a problem with her involving medieval times in this. That was just a time period in history. <laughs> it had nothing to do with this. No. And then so." Um, here's some more this is from like the news story the article itself okay so this is like the i think the reporters adding this in to like beef up the case but one juvenile who was arrested in the case used the name highlander highlander the name comes from two movies about an immortal race whose members can be killed only by other immortals in elaborately staged sword fights and misty and the other two were all stabbed to death case closed totally it doesn't describe people who live in the highlands of Scotland at all. Like, I was <laughs> reading this and I'm like, this is so ridiculous that I'm writing this, but I'm like, I gotta be vintage. Stay, I love it. Stay true. I love it. Case closed. He yes. did. So. He liked swords. They were stabbed. Ooh. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons myself, I have never did either. But. I just didn't have that much patience. Yeah. I just didn't have friends that did it. Me but either, really. But. In Dungeons and Dragons, players enter a fantasy world to take the role of mystical characters armed with qualities like magic, strength, and intelligence. A dungeon master controls the story and the players respond in character. Over the years, the games, this is over the years in 1992. Okay. Over the years, the game has been linked to reported slayings and other crimes. Often, the boundaries between reality and fantasy become blurred and frequently drugs are involved. Well, drugs can absolutely do that. They can blur reality and fantasy what i think is funny is role-playing games are really prevalent now like i mean yeah there's not like i'm sure the children have played role-playing games well video games now yeah it's yeah. a story and you get involved in it and whatnot exactly but, but it's written for you don't you have to make that up i mean everything that i've seen from <clears throat> television characters like big bang playing dungeons and dragons you have to write a story for your friends to then Recreate. Yes, because nowadays everything's done for you. In right. the 80s, you had to do your own stuff. So that just seems like a lot of work. Just play Monopoly where you just buy stuff. Uh, I hate Monopoly, though. Oh, it's my favorite game in the world. Yeah. Um, so a fantasy game specialist, <laughs> this is a fantasy game specialist from 1992, Oh. said that the game is structured as a hero's game. You can play it as a bunch of demon hunters going out to try to save a village, but I've seen play- people play it the other way. Some guys try to bring a demon into town. So here's some other crimes that have been linked to the Dungeons and Dragons game. So in 1988, um, there was a case where Daniel Caston of Long Island, New York, said that he was not responsible for shooting his parents because he believed he was under the spell of a character in the game. He was found guilty. Or he just wanted to make something up so that he didn't have to pay for his crime. Yeah. 
Um, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, authorities suspected two soldiers that were charged with killing a retired couple in December of 1986, in which they have been, may have been acting out a fantasy from the game. That one I actually found a lot on. Like, I could have done the story on that one versus this uh -huh. one, but these articles were too precious. Were drugs involved in either of those? Um, I didn't look into that one enough to know, but, I, I mean, it seems like a lot of them were. Yeah. Um, a 16-year-old in Watertown, New York, was convicted of killing an 11-year-old neighbor while acting out a Dungeons & Dragons fantasy in 1985. Uh, prosecutors sa said that David Ventiquatro appears to have been become caught up in the game and shot Martin Howland because the boy had, quote, become evil. Um, I don't know that much about Dungeons & Dragons, but I think it was pre-gunpowder. Like, supposedly being played in the world before pre-gunpowder. Yeah, I don't know enough about it to know that. Like, they always talk about their... Well, the other guy, his swords. Yes, the swords. <laughs> um, another avid Dungeons & Dragons player and an avid drug abuser, Christopher Pritchard, 19 years old, planned the murder of his mother and stepfather in Washington, North Carolina in 1988. I also found a lot on this one. He was convicted, and the C CBS made a TV movie called Cruel Doubt about this story. Oh. Kids, don't kill your parents. I promise you hate them at 16. By the time you're 25, you'll like them again. Just write it out. Yeah. How did that go for um, Eric and Lyle Menendez? <laughs> right? <laughs> so Misty, or five, oh, this is the last one. Five men in Lake City, Florida were charged with robbing a grave and using the body of a victim, suicide victim, as the centerpiece of a black robe ceremony in a game of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> So they didn't, like, kill anybody, but they did dig up a grave and use a body in their ceremony. Well, so did Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. So Misty Largo never played Dungeons & Dragons that anybody knows um, when she lived in Flagstaff. But neighbors weren't really sure about that. They didn't really know if she ran away or if she had potentially moved to live with relatives. But... <laughs> After Misty left, her mother and two of her brothers remained living in Flagstaff, and they wouldn't comment on Misty's murder. Right, because that's painful. Yeah. Grant Charbonneau was accused of nine counts of aggravated murder, plus 11 other crimes in the death of Misty Largo. Um, she was apparently killed because Grant considered her a security leak who was going to reveal his real name and address to others. Oh, uh, Grant was also indicted on murder charges in the stabbing death of his father. I see. Um, Charbonneau, the got the Pocahontas's husband. Oh, Clark. yes. Ding, ding, ding. You get a medal. Yay! Um, the other murder victim was later identified as 15-year-old Michael Stanton. Grant was also... Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did he connect back? Um, he was part of the group, so he was okay. involved in the murder of Harold Charbonneau. Um, Grant was indicted on on Michael Stanton's murder, and it was discovered that he was killed shortly after Misty. But they found oh, him they first. Oh, they found him first. Yeah. Uh, police learned that the group that Grant professed to leave were all homeless youth, and that they were told that they were involved in a secret government intelligence operation. Oh, my goodness. Um, Charbonneau called himself XO, which stood for executive officer, and another man, Gregor... No, it doesn't. <laughs> He said it did. <laughs> Executive starts with an E. Yeah. Another man, Gregory Paul Wilson, was CO, or commanding officer. Um, Gregory Wilson was also charged with aggravated murder in his role with, with in Misty Largo's death. I see. Yeah. 
So that was basically all the information that was provided in two news articles in the Seattle Times. I don't, it was weird. I couldn't find anything from Portland news, but I did yeah. find one from um, like the Arizona Republic, but it was a basically an exact copy of the first article that I saw from the uh-huh. Seattle Times. I might be over the dragon heart. Yeah, I've I haven't really dug sips. into it too much, so. I've had a few sips. I might be over it. So I didn't, I didn't really know what to do for dragon um, because, you know, it's hard. (laughs) It's not like, yeah, it's not a historical thing or. Right. So I just looked up some different dragon myths, facts, possible explanations, etc. I got my, my sources are mythological creatures, dragons, and griffins from onclavepublishing.com. Dragons, a brief history of the mythical fire-breathing beasts from LiveScience.com. Dragons exploring the ancient origins of the mythical beasts. Ancient-Origins.net. And Dragons, Legends, Myth, or Half-Truth. FolkloreThursday.com. Hmm. Yeah. I like Folklore Thursday. It's just it's a cool <laughs> name. It's kind of like a, it's like Taco Tuesday, Folklore Taco Thursday. Tuesday. Um, we had Tacos Wednesday, I think. That's wrong. That's I know. Just wrong. Well, the problem is on Tuesdays we don't get home until eight o'clock because of someone's um, extracurricular activity. So it's hard to cook tacos when you your get home tiddlywink at competition. Yes, the tiddlywink competition. <laughs> <laughs> no, child number two is gymnastics, not gymnastics. So dragons. The dragon <clears throat> is possibly the best best known mythological creature they originated in early greek myths they played a huge part in greek mythology um a dragon named laden again pardon my pronunciation for many of these words i don't um, think the dragon's going to come back and correct probably you. not so laden the dragon guards the garden of hesperides which may contain the origin explain the origin behind the name of the dragon which dragon originates from the greek word dra- draconta um, which means to watch. I, that doesn't sound very Greek to me, but Dragonta. Like the dragon, did it watch over something? Yes, it was w- guarding the um, Garden of Hesperides. Oh, you just said that. Yeah. Um, so Dragonta, D-R-A-K-O-N-T-A, um, means to watch. And much of the history of dragons is thought to be a be like any other mystical animal, sometimes useful and protective, other times harmful and dangerous just depends on how you run into them and what they're doing. My favorite dragon is Pete's dragon. Pete's dragon is amazing. And I bought the soundtrack. Oh, I love the soundtrack. Like the old movie was cute, but the new movie's really good. I cried. It was heart wrenching. I know. Um, So anyway, old cartographers used to actually write the Latin phrase. Here are the dragons in Latin, obviously. Um, on portions of maps where they didn't know, where they hadn't explored yet. Oh, cool. Because it was like, because I know, know like, it's there. Could in the dangerous. ocean, they would do like big sea creatures. Yes. For the same reason. I mean, they're but, just like, this is all ocean. Yeah, but they, they, you know, they don't know. They're, it could be dangerous. It could be good. So dragons are one of the few monsters cast in mythology, primarily as powerful and fearsome and, 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 powerful and a fearsome opponent to be slain they don't simply exist for their own sake they exist largely as a foil or bold adventurers other mythical beasts such as trolls elves and fairies interact with people Um, sometimes they 
are mischievous and kind of hurt people, but they're still interacting with people, whereas the dragons, um, their main role is a combatant or a guard of some sort. It's almost like, to me, I think of them <laughs> as like a myth- mythical version of like a horse, like some of the duties that a horse performed. A yeah. lot of times the dragon is kind of the same thing. Yeah. That kind of crossed with a dog. I don't too. know, like, yeah. Um, I don't know that they're loyal pals in any world other than Pete's dragon, because he was a loyal pal. He was. Um, well, Puff, the magic dragon. Puff, the magic dragon. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> um, there was one thing in your story that I was going to talk about, that particular theory, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. It'll come to me in five minutes. Oh, so I see Child and her friend are making a cake right now. Uh-huh. And it just is taking me back to my best friend. We would make, they they made noodles, but we would make a whole thing of mac and cheese and eat that. And then we would make a cake and eat that. So they just had noodles and now they're making yeah. a cake. That's, which one are you making? The the funfetti or the white? That's what Yay! we used to make is funfetti. Um, so in an interesting theory that is put forth by anthologist David E. Jones in his book, An Insight for Dragons. Um, He argues that like monkeys and dogs, humanoids are intrinsically afraid of snakes. So monkeys, dogs, and people are afraid of snakes. But a dragon wouldn't be because they share like similarities, right? Yeah, and as well as other large predators, he goes on to say. Um, He points out that a collective of human consciousness invented the dragon over the centuries. His theory is that a collection of human oh, consciousness I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. invented the dragon over a period of centuries as a result of this embedded fear of snakes, which could explain how dragon myths have arisen independently in various countries and corners of the globe. Every, much like the flood story, every civilization has a dragon. I'd be curious, like, because there were, there's no snakes in Australia, right? So, I don't know. No, there's not. Oh. Um, so I'd be curious, well, and I mean, maybe now, but, um, you know, you, they never grew there. Huh. Um, so I'd be curious to know, like, what the um, indigenous people Thing there, was. if they had any... Oh, yeah. Well, I talk about other things that um, have become dragons in people's brains and minds yeah. and thoughts. Um, have I told the snake story on our podcast about the snake in my bedroom? No. <laughs> So my we lived in the country country and we found garter snakes and things and we were this particular summer we were having a lot of trouble with rattlesnakes and husband was hunting and kids were I want to say six and four because we hadn't moved here yet. Mm-hmm. It was right before you moved here. Yes, it was literally the house was already in escrow. So um, I got home, put the kids in the living room, went in the bedroom to change my clothes. And our bedroom was, it used to be the garage of the house, and so it was sunken. And for some reason, I looked at my feet as I walked, which I don't typically do. I just walk. So I'm looking at my feet, and I look down just inside the doorway of our bedroom, and there's a little snake. (gasps) So I looked really closely at him. I got down to look, and he had a little rattle. So I went in the living room, and I started calling neighbors. And he wasn't home, and he wasn't home, and he wasn't home. (laughs) But I finally got a hold of this one neighbor who happened to be a mechanic and he thought that I needed help with my car because that had happened one time when husband went hunting and that my car broke and I was stuck with two babies, you know, seven miles from town and no car. So he's like, what? And I told him what I needed. He's like, all right, I'll be right there. So about 10 minutes later, he ambles over. Thank 
goodness the snake hadn't left because that's a long time. Yeah, because where you would have no idea where it no went. No idea where it went. And you had like, you know, furniture in there. Bed, uh-huh. Bedroom furniture. It was also the toy room. So oh, that's was, right. There was our bedroom. All the shelves. And, and all the shelves with all the toys. So this room had like basically floor to high ceiling shelving uh-huh. with the Full children's. Toys. Yeah. Because <laughs> my children are not spoiled at all. But he comes in and he looks down. He goes, by God, that is a baby rattlesnake. Like, no shit. So he says, get a stick. So I went out and got a stick and he put a stick on his little head and he put pinched him right behind the, the neck and we went outside and he says, okay, go get me a shovel. Tear it apart the garage. Husband had taken the shovel with him hunting. Oh no. All I could find was this big old crowbar. So I'm trying to hit something that's the size of a crowbar with a crowbar. And he goes, okay, I'm going to throw this and you're going to beat it. And you're just going to keep beating it until I tell you. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, we're going to have two parentless families on the block because it's going to bite both of us. I mean, it wouldn't, I, they're little. They don't have that much venom. They would have only killed one of you, probably. Only one of us, yeah, yeah, maybe. But so he threw it and I started beating it. And finally he had to put, my, put his hand on my shoulder and he's like, Becca, Becca, the head's over there. The body's there. It's dead. It's fine. <laughs> so it always just makes me think of that when I hear about a snake. So anyway, that's one of the theories that people are intrinsically and naturally afraid of snakes. So that's why the dragons came about. Um, it could also explain. So they're all over the globe. In Greek, um, in Greece, there is the guardian of the golden apple in the Garden of Hermites it, that later killed Hercules. Hercules, from, Hercules. Yes, the dragon hater. In um, Roman areas, there was a winged serpent breathing fire named Draco. Oh, cool. Harry Potter. There's a lot of words and similarities. Like she used a lot of yes, the... Yes. She did her research, for sure. Um, which is the constellation of stars was named after him. Um, Persian. These dragons have no wings, but they breathe fire and eat men, and they guard the desert springs. So literally snakes. Yes. Literally snakes. Yeah, there's big. In the British tradition, this is where the dragon slang originated. King Arthur um, learned about dragons from Merlin, which have you watched Merlin? No. Oh, it's so cute. My kids love I it. I thought about watching it the ending. at one point, but I don't have the Netflix anymore. Oh, so. yeah. I hated the ending. Norse was apparently Loki, had offspring of dragons. Some of his children were dragons. And Odin got mad and threw Loki's dragon children child into the ocean and then thor later fished it out and killed it but then you know revenge of the dragon that same poison killed the dragon's poison killed thor incidentally well this probably will be over by the time it comes out uh-huh. but i got an email today from if you have a roku i did how to train your dragon is free right now on roku if you mm. haven't seen it so i love how to, that actually is mentioned in here i love how to train your yeah. dragon all of, there's a TV show and all of the movies. Yeah, so apparently that. it's free, but it might not be by the time this episode comes right, out. Right. So check your local listings. I think you can watch it other places, though. I'm sure. Yeah. Is there a new one? I, I don't think so. Okay. Not, you're, you would know yeah, more would. than me. Um, the last one, the dad died, and it was just so sad. Spoiler alert. Yes, but he got to be then, what's his name? gets to be the leader of the community it's been out the movie's been out for 10 plus years if you haven't seen it spoiler alert (laughs) anyway so in german traditions there is a gold hoarding type of dragon um which i want to find them and kill the dragon and take gold 
In the Chinese tradition, the dragons usually stand for prosperity and good fortune. They usually have funny little whiskers and no wings, and they're wise and benevolent. They also kind of look like snakes, but they have feet. Yes. Um, my students at my last school had a... They were celebrating Chinese New Year in one of their classes. I think it was art class. And they um, made a dragon out of uh, paper boxes. Mm -hmm. And they gave him to me. And he sat on top of my shelves. Oh, how cool. It was really cute. In Australia and New Zealand, oh, there's here, your question. Here's yeah. my answer. Um, dragons provide rain, live in or near water, and are very benevolent. So the sea creature dragon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, the common traits of a dragon usually involve flying, spurting fire, hoarding treasure, and sometimes being very wise. In Merlin, the wise talking dragon helps Merlin. They're often reptilian in nature and difficult to kill because of their size and scales. Though most people can easily picture a dragon, people's ideas and descriptions of dragons vary. Um, some dragons have wings, others don't. Some can speak or breathe fire, others can't. Some are only a few feet long, others are huge. Some dragons live in palaces or under the ocean, and others can be found in caves or mountains. Um, explanations of dragons. How did we come up with this? How did our brains think of this? So one possible explanation is of the, of the appearance of dragons in mythology could be people seeing the saltwater crocodile or the Nile crocodile. Okay, that checks out. Yeah. So. Currently, which also could relate to Australia because they yes. had. Do they have crocodile? Yeah, they have crocodiles crocodile, in Australia. Crocodile Lundy. Yeah, um, the they're currently those are the first and second largest reptiles on the planet. So they were probably bigger then yeah. before any pollution is or anything. Um, so today, the saltwater crocodile lives in a broad. You said crocodile. Crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> those are in Florida. <laughs> So I did that stupid meme, look up your birthday and Florida man, and it'll tell you the yeah. crime that Florida man done. So on my birthday, Florida man was arrested for squirting ketchup on his girlfriend. Okay. I'm going to look mine up right now. So <laughs> let's see. And my teacher commented, who had put the meme up, commented that, um, my old high school teacher commented that mine was the nicest one of all the responses that he got. It was the nicest crime. So let's see, mine, I'm just going to read the headline because I quickly looked it up. Florida man with rocket grenade launcher stopped by TSA. <laughs> That's something that you can, you know, get on a plane. Yeah. Sure. Here's, well, here's another one though. I'll just read it too. Florida man who allegedly threatened family with Coldplay lyrics ends in SWAT team negotiations. What was his threat? I'm going to quote Coldplay. I'm going to quote Coldplay. <laughs> He obviously had something more going on. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is the funnest game. Share us your Florida man stories, friends. CrimeandTimeOTR at gmail.com. We'll send you a sticker. We'll laugh too. I got to send my friend from Texas a sticker. I keep forgetting. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So today, Saltwater Chronicles have a... Chronicles. <laughs> Sorry. Saltwater Crocodiles. Literally, I've had what? Three sips of my drink? Crocodile Chronicle. <laughs> I've had one white claw and three sips of this cocktail, and I cannot pronounce crocodile. So, crocodiles, broad habitat range. They live throughout the eastern Indian Ocean regions to the eastern coast of India throughout Indonesia and south along Australia's northern coastline. Um, the Nile crocodile is prevalent in the rivers and lakes and marshes of sub-Saharan Africa. Crocodile. Crocodile. 
However, the crocodile is prevalent in rivers and lakes and marshes in sub-Saharan Africa, but that's now. But thousands of years ago, this would have been huge. Their, their habitat would have gone way further. Ex evidence suggests that in ancient times, some Nile crocodiles lived in the northern side of the Mediterranean. Crocodiles. Me <laughs> I'm going to say it that way now. <laughs> Meaning that they could threaten the inhabitants of Italy, Greece, and Spain. Um, interestingly, Nile crocodiles. Crocodiles. Um, which grew up to about 20 feet. Oh, that's huge. Huge. So I did 6.1 meters for those of us who are not feet people. Um, those of you who are not feet people, I'm a foot person. Um, in length are capable of, they can lift their trunk up. Okay, so you got this 20 foot long creature that can lift its front legs and its trunk up off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, that's a dragon. Um, a movement called the high walk. This was a clue as to why dragons in European myths are often depicted as reptiles rearing up to slay warriors. Because you can see that pose. Yeah, I'm just like trying to think that through now. It's like the snake thing checked out to me, and it does in a lot of reasons. But <laughs> now I'm like, it's. I never thought the crocodile was the dragon, but now I'm like, the crocodile's the dragon. The crocodile could totally be the dragon. So. The, in a similar but distinctive move, saltwater crocodiles, which can get up to 23 feet. Saltodiles. Saltodiles. <laughs> so we have the crocodiles and the saltodiles, uh, which 23 feet is 7 meters. They can... <laughs> Seriously, one white claw, five sips of this drink now. Propel. Propel. Propel themselves upward so that they can jump out of the water to catch their prey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're walking along a river and you see a 23 foot creature jump up out that's of the why, water. That's why they were proposed to have wings. Flying yeah. dragon. Yeah, totally. So these ancient creatures, while slow and lumbering, are very dragon like in their appearance with solid scaly armor and skin ripping teeth and claws. Ouch. So according to the legend, slaying a dragon is also a great way to raise an army. If you've seen Percy Jackson, which I have multiple times or read the books, Michael Page and Robert Ingpen note this in their Encyclopedia of Things That Never Were. So this is a quote. You use the use of dragon teeth simply provides a simple method of expanding the armed forces of any country. It was first practiced by Camidas, the king of Thebes. First, prepare a piece of ground as if for sowing grain. Next, catch and kill any convenient dragon and pull out all of its teeth. Sow these in furrows you have prepared, cover lightly, and then stand well away. And the reason you had to stand well away... Yeah, I'm like, why? <laughs> because pretty soon, warriors will spring up from the earth. Quote, clad in bronze armor and armed with swords and shields. It's they, like a grow-it-yourself army. It's a grow-it-yourself army from dragon teeth. So they emerge rapidly from the earth and stand in ranks according to the way in which the dragon teeth, teeth were sewn. So the direction that you point them is how they're going to pop up. And apparently these dragon teeth soldiers are very, like, combative and so if you don't have an enemy for them to immediately pounce upon, they will either pounce upon each other or you. So that's why you have to stand well away. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there is a scene in one of the Percy Jackson books or something where they do this. And um, Rick Riordan is brilliant. I could see um, 
Oh, what's his face that you just talked about? Catherine the Great's husband. I could see him planting like them, facing each other, and just watching them fight. And watching them fight? Yeah. That is totally a Peter thing to do. <laughs> Peter, that's, that's his totally name. totally a Peter thing to do. Um, so when Christianity spread across the world, dragons took on a decidedly sinister interpretation and came to represent Satan. Dungeons and Dragons. So in the book of Job, which is from the Bible. The Bible. The Bible. A massive monster called Leviathan is described in chapter 41 of Job. So, quote, it, its back has rows of shields tightly sealed together. Each is so close to the next that no air can pass between them. Which reminds me of a, that one dinosaur. I'm not good at dinosaurs. I used to be. Um, they are joined fast to one another and they cling together and cannot be parted. It's snorting throws and flashes of light. Its eyes are like the rays of dawn. Flames stream out from its mouth. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils as from a boiling pot over burning reeds. Its breath sets coals ablaze and flames dart from its mouth. So the fire breathing. The fire breathing, yes. But it's supposed to represent the devil and Satan. Yeah. So this same monster is, or this monster is believed to be the same monster that... So, this same monster that was described in Job is believed to be the sea monster Cetus, which is the same mythological whale that was supposedly sent by Poseidon to attack Ethiopia. And it was described um, in another document, time period document. So, quote, I will not... I will not fail to speak of Leviathan's limbs, its great strength and its graceful form. Who can strip off its outer coat? Who can penetrate its double coat of armor? Similar. Yeah. Who dares open the doors of its mouth, ringed with all the fearsome teeth? The snorting throws out flashes light. Its eyes are like rays of dawn. Flames stream from its mouth. Sparks fire shoot. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke pours from its nostrils. As from the boiling point over burning reeds, its breath sets coals ablaze. Literally the same line. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, I was like, this all sounds very similar, and then you said that. Uh-huh. And flames dart from its mouth. When it rises up, the mighty are terrified. They retreat before its thrashing. The sword that reaches it has no effect, nor does the spear or dart of the javelin. Iron it treats like straw and bronze like rotten wood. Nothing on earth is its equal, a creature without fear. It looks down on all that are haughty, it is king over all that are proud. So that's the description of a dragon. Um, the Christian church created legends of righteousness and godly saints battling and vanquishing Satan in the form of dragons. So you can show how good you were because you battled this. Yeah, you slayed your dragon. You slayed your dragon, this representation of Satan on earth, which could have been an actual physical animal or, like you just said, you slayed your dragon, some internal battle. Yeah. Um, that makes sense, though, for the church. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, the most celebrated of these was St. George the Dragon Slayer, who comes into town, upon a town threatened by a terrible dragon. He rescues a fair maiden and protects himself with the sign of the cross and slays the beast. So he's able to ward off the devil by making the sign of the cross and rescues the maiden. Well, no wonder he was so celebrated. I know, but it sounds like every... 
you know, European myth that we've heard. I know. It's, it's King Arthur, who, you know, or Shrek. Shrek. Goes to, <laughs> <laughs> goes to the tower and takes the maiden. Um, the town's citizens, impressed at St. George's feat of faith and bravery, immediately converted to Christianity because they wanted to be like St. George. Yeah. He's awesome. They're like, if he can do that, I want to be like that. him. Yeah. yeah. What did I just talk about? One of our previous podcasts, we just had something about a saint doing something awesome and people just following him. Oh, the dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so scholars believe that the fire-breathing element of dragons from the evil distinctions of the mouth of the hell. For example, an art by a Dutch painter, sorry, Dutch people, Hieronymus Bosch? Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. You've heard of him? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. That make me un because have you watched the um, Amazon series Bosch and it's also like there's an author that writes the Bosch stories. No. So um, Hieronymus Bosch or Harry Bosch in the story uh-huh. was named after this Dutch artist. Mm. So like if you read the books, which I've read, like because it started as a book series and then uh-huh. there's now a TV series on Amazon. If you read the books, it talks about him. Well, I want to watch that. I can't believe there's a TV show that you watch that I don't. Yeah, it's like you're a... You're good. You read books. I just uh, sit in front of the book. I just too. say that. Um, <laughs> it's a detective kind of story. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's it's good. It's okay, good. Okay, I'd probably like it. I think it's right. Michael What's Connelly. It called? It's called Bosch. Bosch. I will look it up. Like your dishwasher, Bosch. Yes, that doesn't work very well. Sorry. Sorry, don't, don't, um, don't sue us. Don't Bosch. sponsor us, Bosch. <laughs> no, you can. Husband is a plumber. He would love it. I'm just, I want my dishwasher. I want a dishwasher where I can take my dishes, put it in it, turn it on, and walk away. I don't want to have to wash my dishes before I put them in the dishwasher. Um, that's every dishwasher. I know. I don't like it. I take took a poll because I'm a washer dishes before you put them in the dishwasher oh, person, and almost everybody that I talk to that likes their dishwasher washes their dishes before they put it in. Well, yes. But, but then you're doing the job that the machine is no. doing, so why buy the machine? The machine's really a dish sanitizer. I don't need my dishes to be sanitized. I They're do. They're clean. I do. Yeah. Anyway, so the entrance to hell was often depicted as a monster's literal mouth with flames and smoke characteristics of Hades belching out. If one believes not only in the liter- literal existence of hell, but in also the literal existence of dragons as satanic, the association is quite logical. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So the belief in dragons, though, was not just based in le- le- legend, but in also evidence, or at least that has become the thought. Um, for millennia, no one knew what to make of the giant bones that they would occasionally dig oh, up. Oh, dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. So you're just going along, you're building your house. Whoa, what the hell is this? It's a bone that's five times as long as my body. Yeah. So many archaeologists believe that the myths of dragons originated from ancient people's discovery of unfathomably large, long-necked dinosaur fossils. Long-necked dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I like the actual version of that song better. Sorry, Garth. <laughs> Was that Garth? Isn't it Garth? I don't know. I feel Long like that may have been a remake. Neck bottle. Yeah. I don't know. It may have been Garth. I'm Was it Chris Ledoux? Long neck bottle. So anyway, the... Um, okay. It's a dinosaur's name that starts with a Q. I knew I was going to have trouble with it, and I wrote it down, and I wrote it down anyway. Garth. Garth? Okay. I don't know why I had Chris Ledoux in my head. Well, they did. 
did do songs in common. They did. And together as well. Yes. Kingalong? I don't know. Q-I-J-I-A-N-G-L-O-N-G. That's not a word. Apparently it is. It's a dinosaur. Oh. Um, he lived 160 million years ago and measured approximately 49 feet or 15 meters long. Its fossil was first discovered by a construction worker in China. And what, well, modernly first discovered by a construction worker in China. Yeah, clearly. And one by one, they uncovered massive vertebrae and stretched out in a whole row in the earth. Today, we think of these enormous bones of belonging to prehistoric beings from ancient, but in ancient times, if you found this, you might be like, what the hell? That's a dragon skeleton, you know? One of the paleontologists who studied big Chinese dragon, big Chinese dinosaur fossil, I'm not going to say it again, Tetsunu Miyashita of the University of Alberta um, pondered what it would have been like for ancient people to discover dinosaur remains. Yeah. He says, quote, I wonder if ancient Chinese, if the ancient Chinese stumbled upon a skeleton of a long-necked dinosaur like King Jongalong and pictured that mythical creature. Um, there's evidence to suggest that the Chinese have been finding and studying this dinosaur fossils as far back as the 4th century BC. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean... Because you would know what to think if you found that. I don't even know how we figured out what they were. Right? So, like, for someone in the 4th century to see that, and it's very logical that it could... I mean, a dragon and a dinosaur aren't that different. They're not that different. Um, also found in 2003 was the Dragonex Hogwartsia. <laughs> Speaking... When you said that... Not Hogwarts related, but when uh -huh. I was trying to find a story for this episode, uh -huh. everything I was Googling, it was coming back like in like a conglomeration of news articles related to the Dragon X space space launch. Oh, yeah. Because it's called like Dragon X. So I'd put in right. like, um, like recent dragon heart murder or like all uh -huh. these things and it would be like a man was murdered and it would be like a you know like a little blurb and then the next line would be like the dragon x space lo space launch happened or whatever and i'm like I how are those two things related because it was like a conglomeration of oh, all gotcha. today's headlines today's headlines yeah. and i'm like i can't find anything that's funny um so Hogwarts. Hogwarts. So Draco, Dra Rex Hogwartsia is a dinosaur that was seen, that when seen, it doesn't take too much imagination to link to a dinosaur, to a dragon. So it's got rugged thorny, it's got a rugged thorny skull that is topped with a crown of horns and it could easily be mistaken for a dragon. Um, a similar theory for the origins of dragons is a myth that was based on the skeletons of whales that washed ashore. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're walking along the beach and there is a rib cage that's five times like as tall as you. Like, you could build a house inside it. You could build a house inside that rib cage. You've got to think it's a sea monster. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, but anyway, so that was, that dragon was discovered, or dragon. The dragon was discovered <laughs> in 2003. <laughs> the dinosaur was discovered in 2003. Um, People, obviously, if they had discovered that earlier, would mistake that for a dragon. And if you discovered a whale skeleton, you'd probably easily mistake it for a sea monster. So just a few centuries ago, though, rumors of dragons seem to have been confirmed by an eyewitness accounts from sailors returning from Indonesia who reported encountering dragons. Komodo dragons. Okay. 
Those are a thing. Right. It's a type of monitor lizard, which can be aggressive, deadly, and can reach 10 feet in length, which would be scary if you saw. Oh, huge. You know. So it's um, like the size of my car. Right. And it's coming at ya. Yeah. <laughs> um, Western scientists have verified the existence of Komodo dragons in 1910. But before that, if you saw this thing, you wouldn't know what it was. Before they were like, okay, this is just a reptile. It's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Well, and then, so you have to think of, like, the, like, fishing story factor. So, like. I talk about that. Oh, I'll let you go. I'll let <laughs> you. <sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> So it was previously believed to, just a little aside on Komodo dragons, that they used to be toxic, but they were able to debunk that myth in 2013 um, from a university of Queensland. Researchers discovered that the Komodo dragon's mouths are no dirtier than those of other carnivores. So another reptile known as the horn lizard that squirts blood from its eyes. You've seen those on documentaries. I know, it's so yeah. gross. But can you imagine coming across that 500 years ago? I don't want to come across it now. Right. So people might think it was fire. Um, also seeing their little forked tongues. I'm, I'm making a motion with my fingers yes. in front of my mouth. And I'm watching you like it's translating onto the <laughs> recording. So you see their forked little tongues flicking and that might look like flames. You know, it makes sense to me. Um, at a distance. So wings for flying. The Draco family of lizards have a membrane that connects their front legs to their body that they can like flying squirrels spread oh, out and yeah. jump. Mm -hmm. So that looks like wings. Oh, for sure. So all of these things have really cool explanations. At least I think they are. Um, even the name Draco is Latin for dragons, which I did not know that Malfoy was named after a dragon. I wonder what Malfoy means or if it's just made up. That could be, I don't know. But I think it's really smart of her to use these words that mean different things. Yeah. Although I think that the one Hogwartsia was named after her because it was 2003. 2003, yeah. yeah. Um, so we also look at, to folk tales or stories that went down through the ages of our ancestors. A simple story of two men um, hunting and being attacked by a crocodile with one man dying and the other one defeating the creature, by the time he gets back to the village, that might become, you know, he's bigger and he had wings or he's bigger yeah. and he, he flew or whatever. Especially after you've been at the pub. Right. So you're sitting there drinking your mead by the fire or whatever. And then 500 years later, they're still telling the same story. Well, because like... It's now a dragon. Yeah. Because, you know, like, I'm sure all of you know you've heard stories that have been passed down from your family and uh -huh. like the way you remember them are probably much different than the way they happen to your like totally. grandparents or great grandparents totally. and i have stories from my family that thinking about it logically like that didn't happen yeah but that's what the family lore was i have stories from my co-workers that like one in particular <laughs> that like we sit around and we're like hmm how, really? How could that really be like that? <laughs> That's hysterical. So anyway, dragons continue to capture the public's imagination in fantasy books and films, appearing in everything from the kid-friendly 2010 film How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon, which might be free right now on Roku. Right. To the more adult-themed Game of Thrones book series and TV series, which I have not seen. I started watching it. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Or The Hobbit, um, and to a popular role-playing game, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, we all bring it full circle, folks. Um, describes more than a dozen varieties of dragons with unique personalities, 
powers, and other characteristics that have all probably have some sort of logical explanation. So I thought about this, so I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. So, you know, like, we're in 2020, obviously. We are and the you, shittiest year. Yeah, and you heard about murder hornets, right? Yes. Did you hear about zombie cicadas? Yes. So I was just thinking about that, and I'm like... <laughs> I saw the zombie cicadas on Facebook, and the article that you clicked on said they were raining salt shakers, flying salt shakers of death. Well, the zombie cicadas are pretty crazy. So they're infected by like, um, I don't know if it's a bacteria. It's a fungus. A fungus, that's right. Fungus among us. And so they don't, they haven't really studied this because they only like, a, they only come out like every 15 years from right. the ground. So they're infected. So basically their whole body is basically eaten away and replaced with the fungus. Right. But and it can drop off as they're flying and yeah. land on other cicadas. So that's what we have coming next, folks. Yes. But see, here's the thing. The headline was flying salt shakers of death. They're only death to other cicadas. And other, t other insects. Oh, well, yeah. I guess I don't want the honeybees to die. But if the cicadas die, having been in Texas during a cicada year, I'm fine with that. I didn't see the same article as you because mine was just like, zombie cicadas and i'm like what's that i gotta know more but it was also it was um just like a, one of the news stations i followed yeah. was reporting on it well i was not impressed with my encounter with cicadas i also am deathly afraid of grasshoppers because they will hop in my mouth i'm not afraid of grasshoppers um there was one grasshopper in my backyard last night when i was out there and the puppy was trying to chase it it was so cute and then it just jumped over the fence I would have been screeching and probably standing on the couch like a quintessential 1950s woman who's seen a mouse <laughs> hopping up and down. I hate grasshoppers. And we used to have leopard geckos, and you would have to feed them crickets. I had to go uh. to the pet store and buy a bag of crickets and transport it in my car home to feed this animal in my house. It was horrifying and torturous for me. I would put them in the trunk. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So... Anyway, dragons. That was fun. Dragons don't particularly... You drank way more of the drink than I did. I finished my drink. You did. Yeah. Um, I drank about a third and then... Well, I probably drank about a half, but I kept put, putting more and more ice in it, so it's mostly water now. Yeah. But anyway, despite despite not liking this drink and talking about where dragons came from and how they evolved into our mythos of our culture... How nobody's really an expert. For sure not me, because I can't even pronounce words. <laughs> I guess we're just drunks. We're just drunks. As always, you can contact us on Facebook at Crime and Time OTR. On Instagram, we are Crime and Time OTR. On Twitter, we're at Crime and Time OTR. And our email is crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com. Email is where you, want to, where you will want to send us cocktail suggestions, things Topics. you want to learn about. Yeah. yeah. Or just say hi. Or just say hi. And we also have a new Patreon page Yay. if you want to buy us a drink. Buy us a drink. So that is patreon.com slash crimeandtimeotr. And we're going to be offering some perks for our patrons. Absolutely. I'm excited. See you there. Thank you for listening.